podcast from Forbes Life India. My name is Abhishek and joining me in this first episode is a very familiar voice of Abhilasha Khaitan who is the person in charge at Forbes Life India. Hi Abhilasha. Hi Abhishek, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And uh, for our regular listeners of Forbes India, they have heard us talk on many subjects, uh, most of them in business and entrepreneurship, but Forbes Life India is is different. Now, as somebody who runs things uh, there, how would you describe the magazine, its stories and the direction that you've set it in? Abhishek, I would call it a leisure magazine, you know, the the sort of classic leisure magazine which cannot be stereotyped or boxed into a travel or a lifestyle or an entertainment or a cultural or a literary magazine. I mean, I would probably say it's a great weekend magazine, right, the kind of magazine you would pick up and go through and say, okay, so these are, you know, things which I could look at pursuing, these are things which I need to use for a time out. And, and some of the covers that have come about in the past few months, and it's once in two months, that's the frequency of the issue. Am I that's right? right. Some of the issues uh, that were fascinating, is the illustrations are quite uh, striking, meaning colorful. One was Finding Farhan, where you write about Farhan Akhtar, actor, director, singer, and then The Sweetest Sin, one of my favorites, which is on the pastry revolution. It has loads of cookies stacked up with smaller ones within them, resembling one big burger. Then you had done one on uh, Zomato. Then Mad Men, I believe that one was from the world of advertising. And then this week uh, you have a dark-suited Karan Johar on it. So it's quite a wide range, and the cover illustrations are, uh, they also tell a story. Absolutely. We choose people and subjects which uh, resonate in popular culture. They may be sort of leading uh, entrepreneurs or businessmen. One of the hours which uh, we ran with when I initially sort of started looking after the magazine was of Adi Godrej. And the whole story was about, at his age, the man is one of the fittest people uh, going. And how he sort of stays calm under fire because of one of his major mantras is to walk literally 10,000 steps a day, right? So we've had people like him as well. So it sort of varies from age group to sectors they belong to. They could belong to entertainment, food, industry. We like to surprise the reader and we like to surprise ourselves also because we've decided to put a few uh, interesting young advertising uh, professionals on the cover because Mad Men was coming to a close uh, a few months ago. All of them were so enamored with the advertising world of the 60s that even the contributors were sort of very involved with the story and that's how that cover came about. So we like to keep it eclectic and different and so that there's no monotony in, you know, what you can expect from the magazine. Yes, far from it. And your opening letter in this one talks about a range of subjects with a little bit of a theme. Maybe you can explain that. So there is Khadi handmade books, tribal art, there's Karan Johar and a bunch of other stories but there appears to be a theme. Could you please take us through that and some of the highlights of this issue very briefly? The cover theme typically runs across uh, three to four stories in every issue even though each issue has a bunch of other stories which are uh, as relevant to the magazine. So in this issue the cover theme came about because this was a July-August issue and when you think August in India you start thinking uh, Independence Day. So that brought us to thinking about all things they see. When you think about India, 
Desi, then you go into the cultural sphere, and then you start thinking about uh, what are the interesting cultural motifs that you want to talk about in the magazine, and what aspects of those motifs do you want to touch upon, because it would take 10,000 magazines to do enough justice to all of it. So this theme sort of started taking shape from that point, and then we sort of started looking at few people and few strengths uh, which are doing justice to some interesting Indian institutions, right? Uh, one of them, of course, is Bollywood, Indian film industry. And to our mind, no other person sort of symbolizes Bollywood quite as much as Karan does. We thought it would be interesting to look at some things which are celebrating Indianness without the fuddy daddies cloaking or the miasma which uh, Indian uh, cultural motives sometimes seem to find themselves caught in. Therefore, they appeal to a younger audience as well. Who I don't blame when they say that their muse, favorite music comes from the West. Their language, even, in fact, even the slang kids use these days are not local. They're all borrowed from the West. So you don't find many kids running up at museums here. There are some things which are still sort of working and they can kind of reboot it, therefore kind of make Indian culture a little more pop, if you will, popular, if you will. So to that extent, the first person, like I said, we thought of was Kalan Johar. Then you move from entertainment straight to the world of fashion. What is the national fabric of uh, the country? I mean, we are probably the only country to have a national fabric in a sense, right? Khadi. And the way Khadi is sort of being used as a muse by uh, different generations of fashion designers and uh, the kind of interpretations that are available in boutiques and on fashion runways across the world, really. That also we thought we'd capture through a lovely uh, curation done by uh, our uh, writers. Right, and one of those interpretations is that of Khadi denims. Now, it is made from kala cotton or organic cotton, which grows in the wild is what I read. So, in terms of fashion and interpretation, so you've got many Khadi lookalikes in the garb of traditional Indian clothing. And there are, as you said, you've curated opinions from a bunch of designers. So, there is one from Paris where her shop is named Khadi & Co. So when a journalist or a correspondent pitches you a story like this, it must be hard to turn that person down, right? It's a very collaborative effort, Avishek. Uh, but what we do with the ideation is we collaborate with each other and we come up with these ideas because in a leisure magazine, it's very easy to rely on stereotypes sometimes because the cliches come more easily. So how do you sort of make something which is so obvious as Khadi interesting and different because so much has been written about it. So both uh, Benu and Jashu who worked on the piece, they took a very long time to shortlist the designers they would be featuring. The list actually was very, very long to begin with. The names they finally approached are people who, they're genuine believers. These stories cannot be done if, you, if you're not interested in them. They won't come out as well as they do. So I think what's interesting in, in this kind of a magazine is all the writers really enjoy the subjects they write about. They're quite passionate about them. There's no diffidence or there's no um, detachment. Both would be a problem. You have to be confident <laughs> in the subject and you have to believe in it. And the nature of the magazine also allows a journalist the liberty to dive deep into a subject. And it's also once in two months and it's going to be read over a weekend like you mentioned in the beginning. Over many weekends. O over <laughs> many weekends, yes. It's on stand for two months. So, so for, for it to be an enjoyable read for the reader, there is a whole lot of work, effort, which uh, will have to go, obviously, in, in the background. 
and another one is that you cover is that of Tara Books, a publishing house in South Chennai, where you write that most of the books are handcrafted, which is, I believe, a dying art, illustrations, painting. Twenty-five books is what I read are put together painstakingly every day. Twenty-five thousand copies every year. Twenty-three artists from villages surrounding Chennai. So this is going down to the grassroots. It's basically a love note to tribal art. It's helping tribal art survive, thrive and manifest itself in different ways. Some of the artists who work with Tara books are some of India's preeminent uh, tribal artists. One person who's mentioned quite prominently in the story is Bhadu Sham, who the writer of this piece, Angad Singh Thakur, spoke to on the phone. And this was after he visited Tara Books, you know, office and workshop in Chennai. And we saw firsthand just how intricate and involved this whole process is. The office, quite a few of us started reading a bunch of these books after his visit over there. It was obviously quite a bit of a revelation because we weren't quite aware of just how much work goes into something like this. These books are not about words. These books are about the illustrations, about the art, and about really the message that each book kind of conveys because it comes from the artist's sort of sensibility. Right. And for all the work that goes into it, the employees or rather the artisans there don't just work. They go to beaches, movies. It's part of their culture. It's a far cry from our lives, the places where we work. It's it's work that is niche and yet they seem to enjoy when they do it. Because it's, you see the end product, uh, the person who looks after the whole production unit or looks after the workshop, uh, he has his own personal favorites. All of them, uh, when you put in that kind of effort into the crafting of each book, because it's not about it's going into a press and books are coming out at the end of a factory line, assembly line. This is more about each person sort of getting involved with each book. It's obviously a, a labor of love. It's the outcome of a lot of collaboration from people across the world, a lot of whom come down to Chennai and stay in the residency facilities which are available uh, to them over there. So, yeah, I mean, this was uh, definitely a story which went so well with our uh, theme uh, for this issue. Right. And moving on, you have various sections uh, in this magazine. You titled them as Think, Work, Live and Play. And in this one, just to give a little bit of an idea, there is uh, one on still life in Kerala. There is a story on art schools. Another one on Anita Dongre, one of the most popular fashion designers in India. When I talk about Kerala, it is from the eyes of the veteran photographer, Punalur Rajan. Punalur Rajan, that's right. There is something on, on Thailand. Another one from a sanctuary in Assam. Then there's one one on Formula One on why is it just more than a car race. So how do you get and piece such an issue together? How different is it from the other work that you have? And we've spoken about it at Forbes India too. So how different is this experience? This actually complements what we do at Forbes India. Forbes India is a business magazine. It's a magazine which celebrates entrepreneurship. If Forbes India is all about the work and it's about getting quality work out. It's about uh, creating wealth. This is, in a sense, a little bit about how to spend it, but also about how to spend your downtime. So, for instance, literally in every issue, if I read a piece, last issue there was a piece on Iceland. A couple of issues back there was a piece on Ireland. In this issue, you have a piece on Alaskan Lodges. Honestly, every time I read such, read such pieces, my holiday plans keep evolving <laughs> on the basis of every piece that I read. Because all of them make you want to 
do something a little different. We have some very interesting uh, columnists from Jay Arjun Singh who writes on all things books. I mean, actually, who is festival film festival veteran, she writes on movies. We also have Uday Benegal who uh, writes on music. We have Nanita Kalra who's lifestyle and uh, sort of beauty expert who's the editor of Elle magazine for 13 years. She's a columnist with us as well. Kishore Singh, who is a connoisseur and an expert on art, he does a lovely piece in every issue on art for us. This time he talks about why drawing should be considered art also, right? Just just the pencil sketches, just the sketching itself is, is art there. And the good thing is because we have so many interesting people writing for us, the idea is to encourage different thoughts and give you a selection of things to read. And, you know, that comes through because we have so many interesting contributors uh, to the magazine that this is, you know, just like one book at Tara Books, this is also a collaborative effort. And that's how the product is what it is. Right. I think that's very nicely put. On that note, it's a good time to end the first episode that we recorded here. And uh, we hope to have many more. Abhilasha, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Abhishek. And uh, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com. We will put this up on iTunes as well. You will find this in the Forbes India's feed as a, a separate episode of Forbes Life. You can get in touch with Abhilasha directly on Twitter at ABKhetan, A-B-B-Y-K-H-A-I-T-A-N. And Forbes Life India also has a Twitter handle. That's Forbes Life I-N. That's about it from me. Bye-bye.